0: Identifying Chicago's air pollution hotspots. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. My guest this week is Brian Herbicheski, Director of Environmental Health at Respiratory Health Association of Metropolitan Chicago. We'll discuss a project uh, that maps air pollution hotspots in Chicago neighborhoods and talk about what his organization does. Brian, welcome to Green Sense.
1: Hi, Robert. Glad to be here.
0: Well, your organization, the Respiratory Health Association, is a charitable organization. It was established way back in 1906 to address public health issues such as asthma, COPD, lung cancer, tobacco control, and air quality. You're the good guys. You protect our lungs when those hot, hazy Chicago summer days make it hard to breathe. Anything else you'd like to add about your organization?
1: No, I think um, that's a really good uh, synopsis of what we do. We've, you know, trying to work on uh, helping people move away from tobacco and helping make sure that the outdoor air is as clean as it can be so that people don't uh, develop lung disease and that the people that live with lung disease uh, live healthy, productive, and enjoyable lives and don't suffer the consequences of breathing bad air.
0: Love it. Uh, Brian, explain your roles and responsibilities in the organization.
1: Well, I'm I'm the person who works on outdoor air pollution. There's a lot of people who work uh, helping people live with asthma and COPD, uh, helping them get the education they need to uh, uh, make sure they stay out of the hospital, that they know about lung treatments, that they know about medications. Um, and, you know, we fund research as well for, um, you know, people doing uh, sort of university level research uh, that quite, aren't quite up to the level of... Uh, You know, getting giant multimillion dollar government grants, but trying to get them, you know, a a leg up uh, so that they can get to that point. Um, And, you know, in terms of public policy, we get really engaged at the local, state and federal level in promoting policies that reduce air pollution and promote air quality going forward.
0: Uh, The U.S. EPA has established air attainment areas across the country. Tell us what those are and how you interact with those.
1: Well, a non attainment area is basically an an, an urban area for the most part. And it's not something that is, you know, stops at a city boundary. It's an entire metropolitan region uh, where somewhere in that region, uh, air quality monitors are showing that the air is not meeting minimal federal air quality health standards. Um, And because air doesn't behave and it moves over one jurisdiction to another, moves from one county to another, um, when the EPA finds out that an area has a problem in one particular area, or maybe two particular areas in a metropolitan region, it says that the state and the metropolitan region have to work together to reduce air pollution and get it into compliance, get it to the point where it is being measured as being uh, as meeting federal air quality health standards. Uh, and that usually requires, you know, some pretty broad policies uh, that affect cars trucks industrial uh operations power plants all having to reduce air pollution so that we you know meet the benchmark we're supposed to meet
0: the uh US EPA has a green book and in there it has de- detailed information about the national ambient air quality standards uh what pollutants or particulates are regulated under the naaqs
1: well that's a complicated question and um I could say that there are six major air pollutants that the EPA has those NACS standards for. The NACS are minimal air quality health standards. Uh, The ones we have the most problems with in in areas like Chicago and really across the Midwest are ozone and fine particulate matter. Um, And right now I think the worst one is ozone. Um, Ozone is a, byproduct it's not really emitted directly by tailpipes or 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 smokestacks but we emit the ingredients um so it's you know things in car exhaust hydrocarbons partially burned fuel and nitrogen oxides which are the byproduct of burning fuels at high temperature those go up in the air And on hot, summer, calm days where there's a lot of sunshine, that sunshine actually takes those ingredients, cooks them, and makes ozone as a byproduct. Ozone itself is a very reactive gas. It it essentially burns what it comes in contact with. So uh, by breathing ozone gas, you're essentially getting a sunburn on the inside of your lungs. And your body's reaction to that is to have it have swelling, uh, to have difficulty breathing, uh, and it really wants to get you away from that breathing, that <laughs> chemical, uh, and your body's constantly trying to repair the damage as well. But it's a trigger for asthma attacks, it's a trigger for sending people with respiratory uh, conditions to the hospital uh, with breathing difficulties, and, you know, asthma attacks and other, um, uh, you know, respiratory conditions can, can even lead to premature deaths, so it's a serious problem.
0: Well, thank you for that uh, detailed explanation. Uh, have you recently, have you heard about a recent project where air monitoring sensors were placed across the city to measure particulates and pollutions?
1: Yeah, Microsoft uh, worked with the city of Chicago and I believe the uh, the uh, Chicago Transit Authority to set up over 100 uh, small Uh, relatively affordable air quality monitors to measure things like ozone and fine particulate matter um, and uh, to see what kind of uh, data they could get with monitors that were relatively inexpensive, but that they could put a lot of them uh, in a network like Chicago. Um, And I think they got, uh, the Sun-Times did a story where they uh, looked at uh, 10 months of data that they had been able to collect and found out that there were some interesting hotspots
0: and what was the purpose of the project, you know, with Microsoft involved, did they fund it or were they just a contractor to the city?
1: Um, it, It's a Microsoft project. Uh, they work closely with the city, but it is Microsoft's project is my understanding. And I think, you know, they are just curious as to what technology can, can, can tell us. Um, and, you know, you with, with the Microsoft project, the, the monitors are relatively inexpensive and they're not quite as accurate as the, the federal, uh, you know, um, the federally required monitoring devices that are, are used for legal compliance. Um, but they're good enough to give you a general sense of what's going on. Uh, and they capture a lot of data that, uh, you know, we just don't have a lot of really, really expensive, uh, federal monitors. We just can't afford them. We can't put them everywhere. So it, in essence, the, the Microsoft project was designed to fill the holes in our in our understanding of what's going on in the Chicago area.
0: How were the locations or the neighborhoods selected to place the sensors?
1: Well, I think they just wanted to get a spread of various communities. Some community groups were involved in sort of identifying what they thought of as problem areas, uh, and some other areas were just deemed sort of background areas. Um, and there were they're widespread across the city. They're not quite as as dense, uh, a, a network on say the southeast portion of the city, um, but they do cover a lot of the city. And um, they do, interestingly, track with some of the uh, findings that have been um, uh, that have been shown with some of the larger monitors and a lot of what people have complained about as uh, pollution in their neighborhood. It's confirmed those issues.
0: We talked about the US EPA air, air attainment areas and the National Ambient Air Quality Standards. What param, parameters were monitored for with those sensors? Were they were they uh, the ones under under the NAAQS?
1: I think the best data they got was for fine particulate matter Um, and fine particulate matter. I mean, it's, it it is what it says it is. It's extremely small particles of material. Uh, We're talking about things that are less than one thirtieth the width of a human hair. So very, very tiny, sort of, you know, much smaller than a period on a piece of paper um, that can bypass the filters in your nose and throat and get into your, the deepest portions of your lungs and can actually get into the bloodstream. So they're tied with things like heart attacks, asthma attacks, and a lot of other uh, really horrible outcomes. Um, And the interesting thing about fine particulate matter is that there doesn't seem to be any uh, level that is really safe. Um, You find asthma attacks, you find premature deaths, you find hospitalizations at any level. It just increases the more you put in the air. Uh, So really the only safe level is zero amount of fine particulate matter.
0: And what is the source for this fine particulate matter? Is it coal-burning power plants? Is it uh, tailpipe exhausts? Is it manufacturing uh, effluence and exhausts?
1: It's all those. Um, There are two kinds of fine particles. There are particles that are emitted directly. Uh, So if you think of diesel soot Coming out of a tailpipe that you can see. That's one kind of particulate that would be heavily carbon, hydrocarbon, partially burned fuel, uh, essentially. There are other particles called secondary particles um, that um, you put gases, you emit gases from um, things like power plants where you get sulfur dioxide gas or nitrogen oxides that are gases that um, essentially chemically Uh, combine with other things in the atmosphere and become particles after they're emitted as gases and then they fall out somewhere downwind and in the Chicago area it's a combination of that we have a lot of pollution that's blowing in from outside that are those secondary particles and then we sort of have the extra layer of a lot of diesel and gasoline uh, exhaust particles on top of that so we get sort of a double whammy in chicago uh in a lot of urban areas are like that where you have the pollution bre- coming in from you know upwind power plants and factories combined with the local uh pollutants from traffic
0: so now the sixty-four thousand dollar question now that we're collecting data what's the data tell us where are the hot spots and what's the source of pollution for those hot spots
1: Well, um, I think we get a half answer here. Um, They did find that areas uh, along uh, highways did seem to pop out. Uh, They did seem to find that areas where there was a lot of industrial concentration and a lot of truck traffic popped up uh places like the little village neighborhood on the southwest side of the city where there's a huge concentration of uh industrial activity and warehouse activity where you have a lot of truck traffic and it's also right next to a major interstate um and um you know but can you can you conclusively pin down what exactly is causing uh each monitor to 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 register a high number? you can't um, it's a co- because it's a combination of things. Uh, and unless you were able to uh, surround each source with its own monitoring network, it, it's very hard to, uh, to assign uh, blame uh, to, to one particular source or two particular sources.
0: So now let's ask the $128,000 question. <laughs> now that we know that there's hot spots and we know that there's sources of pollution what action can be taken to remediate these areas and protect human health and the environment
1: well that would require a whole second radio show but um, <laughs> one of the things we've been working we on do recently- that <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we've been working on recently is um, being able to get uh, electric trucks in in places like Chicago and Illinois there are Uh, 17 states that are working together that have signed an agreement to uh, require increasing sales of electric zero emission vehicles in their states. Unfortunately, Illinois is not one of them. Um, California has already, uh, implemented a program that, uh, will, is requiring more electric trucks to be sold there. The electric trucks are being sold on the market. They actually exist now. You can buy them. And we're working to get our governor to sign on to that agreement with those 17 other states and to duplicate what they're they've done in California and several other states by adopting rules that require increasing sales numbers of electric vehicles in Illinois. Um, We think that's the path of um, making sure that these neighborhoods that are again, you know, uh, surrounded by warehouses, industrial activity, highways, where you have lots of diesel trucks, we need to start uh, getting to we, we need to cut the emissions from those vehicles and get them to the, an electric zero emission framework um, to be able to, to clean up those neighborhoods.
0: As you mentioned earlier, these uh, pollutants and particulates can cause asthma, COPD, lung cancer, and other ailments. And if I lived wa- around one of those areas, I'd want those remediated quickly. You're a great organization. You're the good guys. You're, you're, you raise awareness, but you're not a regulatory body. And you can't take enforcement action. So what can you do to help the situation?
1: Well, I think people need to get involved and they need to let their state representatives and state senators know that this is a concern and that they know that this is a solution and that that the, uh, the representatives and senators should... Uh, you know, continue to talk to the governor and say, this is a concern of my constituents, you need to act on it. Um, People can also write the direct, the governor directly and say, you know, I want you to join with the 17 other states that are requiring electric trucks to be sold. Um, You know, ultimately, the governor is going to be the, um, the decision maker on this, and he has to hear from people. Otherwise, things don't happen.
0: What about our federal EPA, the state EPA, and the the city uh, uh, Environmental Protection Agency? Why aren't they taking action here?
1: Well, okay, there's a lot in there. Uh, The federal uh, agency, um, there have been rules proposed for tighter uh, tailpipe standards on trucks. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't go as far as... um, uh, our organization or a lot of other organizations have pushed them to go uh they're not requiring uh zero emission vehicles at this point uh and that's kind of a disappointment um so we we've, we've tried to push the federal government and they've decided not to move so it really does move it to the state level um and for uh requirements for uh the sales of electric vehicles it really has to come from a state level it can't come from a local level um, the city uh, can work to uh, flip over its own fleet. And the city of Chicago, I think, has said that they are, are embarking on an attempt to electrify their entire fleet by 2035. Uh, the Chicago Transit Authority uh, has said, and actually Pace, our suburban bus uh, network, have both said that they're working to flip over their bus fleets by 2040, and they're starting to invest in electric buses. Um, so there's a lot that local governments can do by through their own purchasing power and through their own initiative. But the requirements that are going to require that are going to apply to businesses and are going to apply at a, at a statewide level really have to come from. From the state and uh, in our state, we require the leadership of the governor to make sure that happens.
0: Brian, any closing remarks or words of wisdom you'd like to impart on our listeners when it comes to this matter?
1: You know, I think... uh the, the only thing i can really reinforce here is that the squeaky wheel gets the grease i mean if people are concerned about this they need to be vocal and they need to let their elected officials know that this is a concern they have for their own health for their children's health for their parents health uh fine particulate matter is extremely dangerous it's tied to a, a lot of deaths and a lot of um uh bad health outcomes we we did a report earlier this year and uh found out that diesel exhaust in in Illinois is contributing to over 400 premature deaths every single year. It's contributing to over 5,000, you know, life-threatening asthma attacks. Uh, Those are serious problems. And we know what the solutions are, the technology's out there. Uh, All we need is the willpower and the public voice to make sure that happens.
0: Brian, we appreciate having an organization like yours out there and the work you do. So uh, thank you for being on the show and uh, sharing your insights on this issue.
1: Thank you very much for, uh, for talking with me.
0: That's Brian Urbiszewski, Director of Environmental Health at Respiratory Health Association of Metropolitan Chicago, talking about the project to map Chicago air pollution hotspots and what we can do. Green Sense is an independent radio show that relies on the general financial support of patrons like you, so we can produce a high-quality audio broadcast. If you're interested in being a patron, visit the greensensefarms.com website to view our patron form. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and catch the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 WBBM Chicago.